Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm a drug addict. Hello, you're listening to Known For, a filmography podcast with me, Bob Shoy, and my co-host... Me, Becca Chapman. And today we're looking at the filmography of the actress, Meryl Streep. This one was a really fun one. Was it? Yeah, I liked... It was really cool to see a lot more of her roles that... Because we've both seen a couple of her films before. Yeah. Um, So it was cool to... Like, fill the gaps and right. watch a few more and find out more about what she'd, like, been nominated for and stuff. It was weird for me because it's... Um, I've seen a lot of her films, Mm-mm. but when I say a lot, I was actually correct that. I actually haven't seen that many of her films. I'm not sure what I was saying. I actually haven't seen that many of her films. Mm. Um, for someone so famous and everyone's, yeah. like, often quoted as the greatest living actress, Yeah, I've not actually seen that many of her, like, major roles Mm. so she has the record for being the most oscar nominated actor or actress of all time yeah uh do you know actually do you have that figure do you know how many times she's been nominated so 357 is the number here but i think that's just nominations of all time yeah that's nomination that's all there's not been that many oscars yeah so that's like all of her nominations ever right which is that's a lot yeah in terms of Oscars, so like a lot of people who are like, when you look at like the second, third most, it's something like, you know, six nominations, things like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, she's been nominated 21 times. Whoa. Yeah. Um, that's 17 for Best Actress and four for Best Supporting Actress. That's crazy. Yeah. How many has she won? Um, she's won three. Wow. So she gets nominated a lot, but she famously doesn't hasn't actually won that many for how many times she's mm. been nominated. So last week we did Tom Hanks to yes. start the show off. Uh, thanks to those of you who listened. Um, and usually we'll take turns choosing the actor or actress, but we chose Tom Hanks and Meryl Streep for the two, first like, month. Real big hitters. Um, yeah, they've both been in a lot of films, a lot of varied mm. roles. So we thought they're and they've got just so many films as well. So we thought it was a good couple to start with, mm. um, and then we'll be choosing going forward we've actually mm. had a few suggestions as well so oh, cool. we'll bear those in mind for future episodes yeah. as well so thanks guys um, so the next one that we're doing is um we're watching all of his films at the minute it's uh, sam rockwell before we um move on with the films that she's known for mm. um i just want to make a few corrections for the last episode so at the beginning of each episode i've always wanted to make a few corrections from oh, the yeah. previous one 
We've got some stuff wrong. We're always going to get stuff wrong because there's just a lot of information to give out and stuff and there's varied, you know, we say stupid things in the heat at the moment. Like Wilson's a football, but actually volleyball. Yeah, Wilson's a volleyball. That's the major one. Yeah, Wilson's a volleyball. We got that We, we said it was a football. These are minor quibbles. You know, people are going to send us these messages, mm. but we said it was uh, a football. Obviously, I think because football in the UK is different to football in the US, so. We used to call everything a football over here. Yeah. We don't really have volleyball over here. <laughs> Do we? Do we play volleyball? Today? Yeah, I guess. Hmm. Just not you. Um, another couple of things. So we said that we'd seen every single Tom Hanks film. Right, yeah, I'd mi- I'd missed one, and this came up in a conversation I had with somebody, and I mentioned that I was doing this podcast and that I'd seen every Tom Hanks film, and uh, the chap said, oh, "Have you seen Have you seen this one?" And I was like, I had to look it up. I was astounded. What are the chances of him saying the one that you I know. haven't seen? It's almost like he knew. Yeah, it was really creepy. It's talking you, but yeah. You looking? At, you can't remember the name. Is that why you're looking at me? Oh, okay, it's uh, mazes and monsters. Yeah, the one that we hadn't seen. We we'll still haven't seen it. it. I'm gonna go. We got to watch it. We'll, we'll track it down and we'll watch. We'll, we'll maybe do a little mazes and monsters special to Dun-dun. fill that gap. Yeah. Uh, there's a few that we didn't mention, like we, with Tom Hanks, because we had seen every single film. We couldn't mention every single one and talk about every single one. There's a lot. Um. So we were called out a little bit for skirting over Turner and Hooch, mm. a listener's favourite. <laughs> um, but you know I didn't really have that much to say about Turner and Hooch sorry I think unless you watched Turner and Hooch when you were a kid or when you were younger it's like a you rose, don't have much of an glasses. opinion on it yeah mm. cool and then the only other mistake we made which was my mistake and uh, when I listened back I actually caught myself out on this one but I said Sleepless in Seattle was the first pairing of Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan you're wrong no 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 they've been paired four times uh, that was their second the first one was Joe versus the Volcano which I actually quite like it's a very odd film mm, um, but that was their first pairing well there you go that's all done didn't get that much wrong so yeah. and thanks to people who um, sent in like their personal top four Tom Hanks films and stuff that was really yeah, interesting we, to see we love uh, we love finding out about your top four and what you'd swap out yeah it was interesting seeing what ones came up for other people mm. so um, Forrest Gump came up a lot which I knew it would yeah um, and, and the other one that I thought came up a surprising amount was Captain Phillips oh yeah a bit of a dark really horse of uh, Tom Hanks filmography mm. like more, more fans of that than I expected so yeah thanks to everyone who got in contact about that but this episode we're talking about Meryl Streep so Becca uh, if you get on IMDb can you tell me the four films that she is known for because I know these change yeah so the current ones uh, number one is Out of Africa Mm -hmm. 1985 Uh, second one is Devil Wears Prada 2006 Mm -hmm. third is August Assage County Mm -hmm. 2013 and the fourth one is Doubt 2008 okay Uh, so we've seen all of those now you you hadn't seen Devil Wears Prada before, but I had. We I hadn't seen any of those four before. Really? I hadn't seen any of those four films. Oh, okay. I'd seen Out of Africa and Devil Wears Prada before. Right. And so I really like both of them. I will lay out before we move on. I'll let the listeners know, because obviously we don't watch every single film of every actor, apart from the Tom Hanks one. But we did watch a hell of a lot from Meryl Streep. Because yeah. one of our uh, rules is that if they've been nominated for an Oscar, mm-hmm. we will watch that film. Right. And she's been nominated for the most. So we watched all of the films that she's been nominated for an Oscar for, uh, plus a couple of others. Okay, no, Becca's looking at me. There's one that we skipped. We'll come to that later. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we watched um, a few that were recommended to us, a few that we'd already seen. Mm, and a couple of wild cards. And a couple of wild cards, yeah. yeah. Um, so we, we saw a lot of Meryl Streep films. Um, so let's just talk about the, the top four known fours then. If you want to start, Becca? Yeah, sure. 
So her oldest one um, is obviously out of Africa. It's one like the first ones I think she got picked up for, um, and it is amazing. Like her and Robert Redford really are really great together in it. And I just there's a don't know have a soft spot for that film because it's so good. Yeah, I really love it. <laughs> so it was one of her earlier films. I, I'll it's be quite honest. Long. Yeah, I'll be honest. It. it wasn't my favourite. Didn't resonate with you? No. I mean, it's fine. Yeah. Oh, i got to stop saying that. It's fine. I say that. Every film that comes up, I'm like, it's fine. It's fine. Um, yeah, it didn't didn't blow me away. It mm. was all right. Like, it's the sort of film that I know you like. Mm. Yeah, well, I guess it's like a historical. She's a... Um, it's like a colonial Kenya, and um, she has an affair. Is it um, Kenya? Yeah. All right. She has an affair with uh, this, like, game hunter, and he sort of drops in and out of her life and yeah I mean it's interesting it mm. is like it's a long I don't mind those like long biographical mm. films yeah um, talking of bi- biographical that is something that Meryl Streep's well we noticed when we was watching like so many of the films we watched were biographies yeah I love that and then because well, I know you're a fan of biographies in general yeah but um, when I was doing a bit of research on it, because we watch the films and then we do the research, we just get our own thoughts on them first. Yeah. And that is something that she just is known for. She's known for bi- biographies. Yeah. Um, Which was amazing. Like, I didn't... I don't know why, but I didn't realise that about her before I started no. down this path. Like, she has done a lot of biographies and all of them are, like, really amazing. And yeah. they tell, like, such interesting stories. Like, and they're really varied. Alongside being known for biographies, she's known for being really good at accents. Yeah. And so... I guess which goes hand in hand with biographies as well, because she plays a lot of different, like, um, people from all over the world, uh, which is really cool. Yeah, exactly. And um, she's not restrained to only playing people from the US or whatever. Yeah. And when she is cast in these these roles with accents you wouldn't expect, like, she does pull them off. Mm. Um, So that took me by surprise as well. Like I said, I hadn't seen that many of her films before, so... I said to you when I was watching them, it's almost like she's an impressionist. Mm. When she's doing these biographies, it's like... She really in- inhabits like the persona of that person. Yeah, yeah. So she's really good at that. I'll tell you an interesting fact about her. Mm. Uh, her real name is Mary Louise Gummer. Wow. <laughs> That's crazy. So um, next one, Devil Wears Prada. What did you think? Yeah, I mean, I don't want to be <laughs> the cliche guy of like, oh, I like it, but I, I didn't really like it. Unfortunately, I, I thought I was going to like it as well. I thought, I bet it's actually really good. Right. It's such a famous film. And, yeah. you know, I like, well, Meryl Streep's good. I like Anne Hathaway. Um, Stanley Tucci's in it. He's mm-hmm. good. Like, it has a good cast. And I yeah. thought it's probably going to be quite good. And then I just, I actually found it kind of depressing. Right. Because um, she's sort of in this, like, catch-22 of the industry. and I the... don't know if it's the time in my life I was watching it. Because we watched that one of the first ones we watched yeah. a few weeks ago. And I was having, like, stress at work at the time. Right. And watching someone just be under pressure and stressed at work was really bringing me down, like, to watch. Right. It was making me feel stressed and, like, God, I hate business when someone's telling you to do this and you uh-huh. don't know what you're doing. And, yeah. Um. Yeah, so for me, yeah, that maybe it's just the time I watched it, I didn't enjoy it. Do you think it's fair to put that in like Meryl Streep's like top billing? Because I don't think she was like in it a great deal. Like she was, and she but was like a big character, like a big influence. Of but them. she's the titular devil that wears Prada, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like the film is about her, but she's not in it a great deal. Hmm. Like because the main, you know... She plays like Miranda Priestley, but actually she's sort of in the background quite a lot of it and she's more like a silent 
kind of, you know. Yeah, but her presence is so felt. Right. Because of the way that when she's on screen, mm. you are like, this woman's a piece of work. Can I say Anne Hathaway is in it like 70% of the time and then Stroop's in it maybe like 30%. 30%. Yeah, yeah, that's about right. Um, but yeah, I know. Do, what do you think of that? Her part? performance was great in it. Like, she's scaring. Yeah, like even if it was like a 30% screen time, it was powerful. Like, Do you, do you like that film though? Yeah, I do. I think um, I like, I appreciate like the relationship between... Um, Anne Hathaway's character and, um, and Meryl Streep's character. I think it's like it starts out as like a like an indifference and then turns to like an admiration and then just turns into kind of a, I don't know. She feels a bit sorry for her at the end because she's kind of stuck in this. Well, yeah, but she but then she doesn't. Mm. You, that's that that that's where the film sort of. I'm going to be careful with spoilers for these. It's films. Like an indifference, but it's it's not. That's where the film actually took me by surprise because mm. it. it lays that card out on the table for you to pick up and then snatches it away from you because all those films you think oh she's going to be redeemed she's actually nice and she's she's actually vulnerable and then it just turns out she's a bigger piece of work than you thought right yeah so you you think you're going to sympathize with her and actually that's where the film actually thought was interesting oh well it goes it it makes you think it's going in a cliched way Mm. and then snatches it from you Mm. That's actually what I did find interesting about it. Mm. It shows her vulnerability and you think it's going to lean into it and then it just pulls it right back again. Yeah. Because that's not who she is. Mm. Both those belts look exactly the same to me. You know, I'm still learning about this stuff and... uh... This stuff? Oh, okay. I see. You think this has nothing to do with you. You go to your closet and you select, I don't know, that lumpy blue sweater for instance because you're trying to tell the world that you take yourself too seriously to care about what you put on your back but what you don't know is that that sweater is not just blue it's not turquoise it's not lapis it's actually cerulean and you're also blithely unaware of the fact that in 2002 oscar de la renta did a collection of cerulean gowns and then i think it was yves saint laurent wasn't it who showed cerulean military jackets i think we need a jacket here Mm. And then Cerulean quickly showed up in the collections of eight different designers. And then it uh, filtered down through the department stores and then trickled on down into some tragic casual corner where you no doubt fished it out of some clearance bin. However, that blue represents millions of dollars and countless jobs. And it's sort of comical how you think that you've made a choice that exempts you from the fashion industry when in fact... You're wearing a sweater that was selected for you by the people in this room. So I want to talk about Doubt next, which is also in her Known Force. Mm-hmm. And in that film, I want to talk about her after Devil Wears Prada, because in that Devil Wears Prada, she's referred to as a dragon. Yeah, dragon lady. Yeah, Dragon lady. And she's also referred to that in um, the, in Doubt. She's called oh, the like dragon. A little, Easter, little Easter egg. Yeah, the dragon. So she plays sort of intimidating characters in both. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think of Doubt? I don't know. I really liked it, but also it was, uh, I don't know, it's, just, it's like a, I don't know how I feel about Doubt. Really? <laughs> I did like it. She was a good, she's like really, Meryl Streep's really powerful in it and she um, sort of, I don't know, she's like um, biting at the heels of this priest like the whole time and mm. trying to. She's tenacious. Yeah, definitely. Um, and her relationship with um, Amy Adams' character is really interesting. 
I I really loved that film. Mm. I thought it was so interesting. And finding out that it was a play as well mm. works because it felt like one set, like the, the ministry or whatever. Yeah, felt like the like, school. Yeah, the school felt like one set. You can imagine seeing that on stage and all the dramatic scenes happened in that like one room and stuff. Mm-hmm. In the office, yeah. Yeah, and... I don't want to talk too much about the film mm-hmm. because I feel like it's one we're going to revisit a lot because it has a lot of my fave people in yeah. it. Yeah. Like that main three of Philip Seymour Hoffman, Meryl Streep, Amy Adams is mm. so, so good. And they're all like so well cast in those roles. Yeah, they were pretty much, it was just them, like the whole film. Like there are a couple of like ancillary characters, but they definitely um, like carried all of the events that happened. Yeah, it was just them. And then you had um, you had Viola Davis in a, in a small role in that as well. Mm. But it was only in two scenes, but she was also really good in that and another one of my faves. So I imagine we're going to visit like all four of these actors at mm. some points. This is one that's going to come up a lot. Yeah. But yeah, um, in terms of Meryl Streep in that film, she she was scary. Yeah. Genuinely. Like I can imagine being scared of her if I was a kid. Yeah. She... Um, it's weird because it, it did that thing about with Devil Wears Prada we talked about. They tried to sympathise her a little bit. Yeah. You do sort of sympathise with her a bit yeah. in that film. But at no point does she ever stop being scary. Yeah. It doesn't detract from her like She's like scariness. a double, double-edged sword. Yeah. She's a very powerful character in that film. Hmm. Um, yeah, that, that was one of my faves that we watched, I think. Was she nominated for this? Yeah. 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 Rightly so. It was a really awesome performance. You have no right... To step outside the church. I will step outside the church. If that's what needs to be done, though the door should shut behind me, I will do what needs to be done. Though I'm damned to hell. You should understand that, or you will mistake me. Um, just jumping back, I've got like a few facts for these films to lay out. I'm not going to like just fill the podcast with you know tidbits mm. but um something about out of africa since we've already talked about it mm-hmm. you know that scene where the the lions attack mm-hmm. the camp and she's yeah, like yeah. whipping the lion yeah uh that lion was supposed to be restrained and it actually wasn't <gasps> so the shot where you see her reaction and like the fear comes over her with that lion sort of lunges a bit that's real that's her real oh reaction when God. she realizes that it wasn't actually restrained holy cow Imagine if that was Meryl Streep's final film. Yeah, that's pretty scary, right? That's crazy. So was it like a, obviously like a um, lion for like screen, like a film? Yeah, of course. I'm not going to go and grab a wild lion, but still, it's a scary creature to be around unrestrained. Especially if you're Unpredictable. Like whipping it, I suppose, yeah. or pretending to. Another little fact for Devil Wears Prada. Mm. Um, she, this, I've just got, these aren't like particularly interesting they're just little tidbits that i found of interest the voice of the character that like steely calm voice um do you know who she based that off of no clint eastwood (laughs) because obviously they worked together before she worked with clint eastwood quite a lot um so that yeah that she based it off of her time with him (laughs) so we got one more known for before we reel right back into the main filmography and what's Mm. that one it is august Assage county which I loved. Oh, you really like that one? Yeah, it was amazing. Like, it's like a melting pot of personalities in this house after this event. And mm. yeah, Meryl Streep's character just like captivates you from the, like, 
She's not like likable at all, but no. she she does just, that a lot. She plays unlikable characters that are compelling. Yeah, like yeah, she, you can you're compelled to keep your eyes on her. Like yeah, she's a monster. Film. Yeah, she's actually a monster. Mm. Um, I, it was a really interesting film. I was surprised that it, it does was it again. Up in the the whole pulling it away from you. Yeah, no spoilers, I it does a little it bit. Does. It does a little bit. Yeah. Um, Julia Roberts is also fantastic. She in was really good in that. I think, yeah, definitely one of Julia Roberts' best performances. Yeah. It's a really great film. The, it was the a really interesting cast. Yeah, I like you got Ewan McGregor in there, yeah. weirdly. Chris Cooper was really good in that as well. Mm-hmm. He was really good. Yeah. He was like um, the only sympathetic character in the whole film. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you had like Benedict Cumberbatch, young Benedict in there as well. Yeah. A uh, really interesting cast. But yeah, August of Sarge County, I did think was really interesting. It's another one that just happens basically in one spot and you just see this whirlwind of like emotions and yeah. stuff happen in this small space. I was going to say that you could imagine that one on stage. Mm-hmm. And, and the big dinner scene where everything goes nuts. Yeah. Like that would be a really fun thing to watch on stage. Yeah. Yeah. God, I wonder if that has been adapted for stage. That would be a, such a good, like it'd be such a good play. Yeah. If you think your family's bad. Yeah, I do Just think my wa- family's bad. <laughs> what, watch this. Uh, so yeah, I love this film. It was amazing. Like, yeah, really good. Everybody's got the idea I'm mean all of a sudden. Please. I'm just telling the truth. You're a drug addict. I- <laughs> That's the truth. That's what I'm getting at. Hey, everybody, everybody listen. I'm a drug addict. I love drugs. I- especially pills. Especially downers. You see these little blue babies? These are my best fucking friends, and they never let me down. You try to get them away from me, I'll eat you alive. Okay. So they're the known fours and what we think of them. Now we're going to roll right back to the bottom of Meryl Streep's filmography and just... uh, Pull out some highlights. Yeah, pull out some of our highlights. Talk about the ones we want to talk about. Mm. So so let's scroll down to the bottom of the filmography now. Mm Mm-hmm. So um, her first sort of big role, where she, it's a supporting role, but it was where she got noticed, like, I think, was The Deer Hunter, mm. which is... An amazing, it's a really... I really do like that film. film. I really mm. do like that film. Um, so I, I wouldn't put it in, like, the, in the top four, even though I love the film. I don't think she has a big enough role in it. Yeah. But it really did get her noticed. And... Um, it's worth mentioning. There's some really interesting, something really interesting about it mm-hmm. that I, I don't know if you knew. I didn't actually know this, but um, it does bear talking about because it was the last film of starring John Cazale. He actually died before it came out. Um, oh yeah. And I, I really do like. He's only it was only ever in five films, but he's so good in every film. Mm. Um, but I didn't actually know that during filming, during the filming of that, um, Meryl Streep and him were in a relationship. Oh wow. So obviously she was going through a lot mm-hmm. to be able to, cause he had cancer at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, it cost a lot to, he, they all, the, the company didn't want him involved in that film. Mm-hmm. And, um, the insurance was a lot to have him on it, but all the rest of the cast were like, no, he's in the film basically. Mm-hmm. So th- there's that emotionality behind having him there. Mm-hmm. And obviously he's ill and, and whatever. But seeing her in that way, that is what, so the, the next film you wanted to talk about was Kramer versus Kramer. Mm-hmm. Dustin Hoffman cast her in that or wanted her cast in that mm-hmm. because he thought she would be great as the like woman in crisis right. thing because of the death of Oh, of off Drunk the Cazale. back of that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So 
the deer hunter and the relationship with John Cazale and that led into her, her casting in Kramer versus Kramer. Okay. Um, which is the film that she won her first Oscar for. Yeah. So it's one of her very first films and she's only in a supporting role and it's, she's not actually in Kramer versus Kramer all that much. No. But, um, yeah, she won an Oscar for that. Yeah. Yeah. What did you think of Kramer versus Kramer? Cause it is an Oscar winning film. Yeah. I really liked the, um, story. Um, I think in like, I don't know. I hope that in 79 it was quite a relevant, um, story. And it's about, um, basically this couple split and their kid is in between. Yeah. Um, it's just the legal battle mm, between the, the, the parents, basically. But she decides to leave and then changes her mind, sort of, um, that she wants to take custody of their child. Um, it's really fun. Um, fun. Well, the relationship, the relationship that blossoms between Dustin Hoffman oh, and right, okay. Dustin Hoffman's character and his son, yeah. like he sort of learns That's to nice. be a father, yeah, um, because he's very much um, a working man, yeah, and then he has to take on like another, he has to put on like another hat, which is like homemaker um, mm. and like father and mother, and that's a really nice, like fun kind of relationship that they have. But then it isn't. But then the whole the, the whole storyline like is a sad bit yeah as well. Watching the you know the emotions involved in that. Mm-hmm. The, what I was going to say about Kramer versus Kramer. So I've got some interesting information about that film. Mm. Um, one, the courtroom speech by Meryl Streep. Yeah, she wrote that herself because she didn't like one in the script. Oh wow! So that's impressive. Mm-hmm. Billy's only seven years old. He needs me. I'm not saying he doesn't need his father, but I really believe he needs me more. I was his mommy for five and a half years. And Ted took over that role for 18 months. But um, also, she vowed that she would never, ever work with Dustin Hoffman again after that film. Really? Mm-hmm. What happened? He was a real... <sighs> So he is trying to get the best performance out of her. Right. He was the one that worked her in the film in the first place. But in doing so, he was a real piece of work on set, apparently. Really? So Uh some of these start minor and then get more serious. So, Oh, God. You know the scene where they meet to talk about the son when she comes back into the life and he he smashes the wine glass? Right. He didn't tell her he was going to do that. Oh. So that actually shut her up. Yeah, she she was really, really shocked. That reaction, that is that take right. that they use. Now, actors do things like that yes. anyway to try and make the scene more punchy or whatever. Yeah. So if it was just that, I'd be like, well, people do that. Yeah, it's just sure. In the, in He's the moment. like creating yeah. drama and effect. He also hit her to get her into character. Oh, my God. Um, He also... Um, this is really like an asshole move as well, to get reaction out of her mm. on uh, during some takes. He was whispering um, John Gazelle's name Holy to shit. her to get an emotional reaction out of her during takes. Oh, my God. So. That's really awful. Yeah. Uh, I was a bit disappointed to hear that. <laughs> but, yeah, she vowed she would never work for him again after that film. Rightly so. Even if, was it worth the Oscar? Hmm. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Bit of an asshole move, yeah. But um, she was great in it. But yeah, good film. Like, yeah, she was good. And mm. I don't know if it'd be in my top four or known four, but it really is like the film that sort mm-hmm. of, like, she won her first Oscar and it got mm. her, like, seen. 
Yeah. So it bears mentioning. We also watched um, The French Lieutenant's Woman, which was a couple of years later. Yeah. Which she, I thought was... She didn't like her performance in that, by the way. It's a really bizarre film. Like, stuff that happened, like, it's just a weird storyline. What do you, what's... I actually, I really did like French Lieutenant's Woman. Yeah. I did like it. Mm. Um, the thing is, so, if you haven't seen it, it's like a film within a film. Mm -hmm. So, it's actually like a period drama. Mm -hmm. And it's set in Lyme Regis, so I I know that part of the world really well. It's really interesting seeing that. Um, so it is a period drama, but then... It follows these actors who are... Yeah, yeah it cuts out, it comes out and actually you're watching the actors behind relationship behind stage as well. Yeah, they're having her and another actor in it having an affair. What I found hard about that is um it made me not so invested yes. in the period drama stuff because it, it made back it and forth. made me realize it was a film. Yeah. So, and it's weird because you think at the beginning when it's cutting back and forth, you think, oh, it's going to be like 50-50 split mm-hmm. or maybe you're going to see more of the stuff behind the scenes. But it's really more like an 80-20 split. Mm-hmm. So 80% of the film is you watching a film that they're making within the film. Yeah. But I found it hard to be invested in it mm-hmm. because I knew it was like fake, if you know what I mean, because yeah, yeah. I know the actors are playing them. Yeah. So when it cut back to the actors, that's the stuff I was more interested in, because that's the bit that felt more real to me mm-hmm. as the story. Oh, right. So like the 80s. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, If we, I think if we'd saw less of the actual period piece, and just like you knew that they were filming this film, and you didn't really see too many scenes of it, it would Yeah, there was be more... too much of that yeah. for me to get invested in it, because mm-hmm. I knew that that there was actually something else going on behind it. Yeah. I wanted to see more of that. So yeah. I liked the film. I thought it was interesting, but yeah. Mm. Yeah, it wasn't. Um, yeah, I just think it could have been done a little bit differently. But the storyline was interesting. Yeah. Um, it's a very bizarre film, I think. What's next? Uh, and then we're going to skip ahead to Sophie's Choice. Okay. When was that? 1982. Okay, cool. So it's only the next year. Uh, yeah, Sophie's Choice. And this was um, her first lead actress win. Mm, this one was really amazing. You like I this lo- film? Yeah, I love it. So her role in this um, is one of her most famous roles. Yeah. And this is a film that I was aware of mm. and here mentioned... Mm. and referenced but i'd never actually seen we only watched this last week yeah for the first time i'd never seen either but it's one of those iconic films i've always wanted to get around to watching Mm -hmm. and um i'll say it didn't disappoint like it was it deserved its notoriety there was so many like moving parts to it like her emotions um and yeah the actor um Kevin Klein, his character's emotions. It was a whole, mm-hmm. like, real big melting pot. But you sort of see it through the eyes of um, this chap called Stingo, who's a yeah. writer, and he comes, he moves to uh, Brooklyn. Is it Brooklyn? I don't know, I can't remember. Yeah, I think it is Brooklyn. It just says New York. Right. Okay. Story In the storyline on here, right. so I guess I'll just say New York. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, this character, Stingo, you sort of see it through his eyes, and... Um, when he he's a writer from the south and he moves to yeah. New York and encounters these two characters um, it is really weird Sophie and Nathan who are already like together and they befriend him and it's just like he kind of views their relationship and then it sort of all unravels a little bit I said to you when I was watching it the friendship that develops between them it almost reminded me of um, what's the Robert Redford Butch Cassidy and the Sundance, Sundance Kid. It reminded me of a little bit of Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, the relationship between the three, the two guys and the woman, how right. they're all friends. Do you know what yeah. I mean? 
and you get little montage of them together. But mm. so you've got all that going on, but yeah. at the same time, you've got her history looming on yeah. the story, which you get drip fed. Yeah. Until maybe two thirds the way through, when you get a big, big chunk of it info is... dump of what happened in her past. Yeah, and it's kind of a flashback yeah. to her experiences. Um, in the um, during the Holocaust, yeah, and then you've got Kevin Klein's character, the the stuff revolving him as well, mm-hmm. which is adding another drama to the film. Yeah, not to give any spoilers away, like it's it did constantly. I didn't know where it was going. Like I knew it was going to link back into the Holocaust and stuff like that. Was going to yeah. be relevant. That's the only thing I knew about it. Mm. So I did constantly like, where's this going? Where's this going with that film? It's a bit of like a tornado of events. Yeah. Um, towards the end. I really liked it though. I did think it was really, really she good. She was incredible in it. Um, yeah. Her performance was amazing. So we talked about things that she's known for, biographies and accents and things. The other thing is basically just the pure dedication she'll put into her roles. Mm-hmm. So um, for that film, not only did she learn to put on like the Polish accent, which mm-hmm. it doesn't falter at any time. I didn't. It didn't. Sometimes when actors put on the accent, yeah. it takes me out of it. No, it's yeah, it was really she, believable the whole way. She through. was a believable character. I didn't mm-hmm. think Meryl Streep when I'm watching it. I'm thinking Sophie. Yeah. And um, but she also learned Polish. Wow. And German. Really. <laughs> to, to play that role. Wow. And when those subtitled scenes started, I was like, how much How much Polish and German did she have to learn for these? Because it's like flipping back and forth between the two languages. Yeah, and stuff. she does in conversation, obviously, between yeah. another Polish like um, person in the camp and then the German like, yeah, overseers. Officer and stuff, officers, yeah. yeah. Um, um, so, yeah, it was amazing how much Polish and German was in that film. And I was like really impressed watching it. Mm-hmm. And then when I read after that, she actually had... That's to incredible. learn those languages to do that film because she so wanted to do that film mm-hmm. so she had to be like in her, inhibit embody it yeah, yeah like you can't do a you can but it's pretty important to do a, a film about the holocaust or something whilst putting on a really dodgy accent yeah it would just uh, lessen it wouldn't it yeah and this isn't her first instance of accents that like we talked we just talked about French Lieutenant Woman mm-hmm. where she's playing an English character and she had an English accent in that film yeah and she actually spent months preparing for that Putting on the English, learning the English. English Her dedication accent. is just like incredible, really. But Sophie's Choice, yeah, I think that's a great film mm. and well worthy of the Oscar win for that one. Yeah. Ich bin eine Polin. Bin in Krakow geboren. Ich bin keine Jüdin. Auch meine Kinder nicht. Sie sind auch nicht jüdisch. Sie sind beide Rassen rein. Ich bin Christin. Ich bin streng katholisch. What are we talking about next? Silkwood. We watched Silkwood. Quick mention. Yeah. Really interesting film. Definitely. Really interesting. If you've not seen it, check it out. Her and Cher. Um, yeah, Cher's in it. And Kurt Russell. Yeah. Look at this cast. Um, but a really weird film for those three to be paired up. And in. the storyline was like really interesting. It's like a big conspiracy kind of thing. And it yeah. was, um, yeah, really well done. It just seemed like a really, when you first start watching it, you're like, this is a very mundane topic. And then it kind of takes up, a it does, turn. Yeah, it, it becomes interesting. Yeah. It's not like I'm like a, a super intense film or anything mm-hmm. but it's mundanity and and these people's lives mm-hmm. i just did find and it's like you know something it's another biography yeah this i happened. actually really enjoyed silkwood i think it's it's really good it's yeah. not like why i'd be like you gotta watch this it's but an underrated it interesting underrated. film so. i'd never heard of it yeah if you want to um pull something out of her back catalogue mm-hmm. i'd recommend that one so out of africa we talked about and then um 
not really going to spend too much time talking about Ironweed that came out in 1987, her and mm. Jack Nicholson. I don't think either of us were like big on that film. It was really bizarre. Yeah. She, she's the supporting character in it. Mm-hmm. Um, she was nominated, but it's just about it's a, weird story. a couple it's of homeless people. Yeah, Jack Nicholson is about Jack Nicholson's character yeah, way him. more than hers. And she... She's not I'd in like a big chunk of the film. She's only in it for maybe two thirds of the film. Yeah. She's, um, I did like her scene, uh, talking of individual scenes where they go into the bar with like their money and oh, she right. has, and she's like, talks about how she used to be a singer. Yes. And then she gets up on stage and does this amazing performance and all the crowd are like enraptured. Yeah. And then she actually in her head and she's putting on some really like rough performance yeah. in real life that scene I actually thought was really that good that was quite clever yeah that was like the only sort of part of the film where I was like this is really mm-hmm. good I'd rather have him and his 15 a week than be some old millionaire's gal he's the best ever was and I loves him because he's me pal he's me pal but singing is another thing that she does a oh, yeah. lot in films. Yeah. Um, and the first film that we watched with singing was, we'll just talk about it now, po- Postcards from the Edge. Mm-hmm. That was from the film that we watched. The mm-hmm. first one we watched that she sang in was Postcards from the Edge. Yeah. And um, when we watched it, you said, that's not actually her singing, is it? She doesn't <laughs> sing that. She doesn't really sing. Yeah, I didn't. Um... <laughs> and then like two thirds of the films we watched, she's, she had like a big singing role in. Naively, I knew, I knew she was in like things like Mamma Mia and stuff. And then obviously... Um, other like, but there's lots like of that. people who can't sing in Mamma Mia. <laughs> <laughs> I just am not a, a singing film fan. Not so fan I, of musicals. No. But what about if there's a song in a film? It's fine. But you like Disney films. It's got to be in like context. Disney films are all musicals. Yeah, but I like some Disney films more than others. That's always the classic <laughs> argument when people say I don't like musicals. They go, "What Disney films?" It's different if they're cartoons. But yeah, Postcards from the Edge. She sang in. What did you think of Postcards from the Edge? Um, I thought it was all right. It's pretty good. It was like an interesting performance from her. She wasn't a particularly, I don't know. I was going to say she wasn't a particularly likable character, but I don't, I don't agree with that. I, I remember what we said when we watched it. Mm. So that that film is uh, based on the Carrie Fisher book, uh, which yeah. is a loose biography. Yeah, it is like a lot of true elements with names changed and things in it. Mm-hmm. So a lot of that is about Carrie Fisher, and it felt like she was playing Carrie Fisher. Yeah, which made me just wish that it Carrie, was Carrie Fisher, Fisher it was Carrie yeah. Fisher. Yeah, because a lot of the dialogue is like, oh, I could imagine Carrie Fisher saying this. Yeah, a very like sort of snarky, biting, blase kind of comments that Carrie would make. Yeah, so it just felt like someone trying to imitate her. When Carrie could just I would portray it herself. Was Carrie, yeah, yeah, like I could imagine Carrie delivering those lines a lot better. Mm. Yeah. Um, oh, something I did want to say about Ironweed. Sorry, mm-hmm. we got off. Talk about started talking about that because the singing. Um, did you know that there are rumours that she was actually having a fling with Jack Nicholson during the filming of that? Really? Yeah. Meryl. Yeah, a fling with Jack. Oh, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but sorry, between, we, we sort of went off on that a little bit, but between Postcards from the Edge and Ironweed, um, there was a few films, but one we watched was A Cry in the Dark. Right. Which was, um, I think in some countries, I know in Australia at least, it was released under the name Evil Angels, mm-hmm. a different name. Oh, uh, yeah. It's based on a book, and that's what the book was called, but mm-hmm. I think it was released in the rest of the world as A Cry yeah. in the Dark. It's, again, it's another biography, a really mm-hmm. famous case. It's the Dingo Ate My Baby case on film, basically. Mm-hmm. Um Australian again accents again Australian accents mm-hmm. and she's alongside Sam Neill 
Yeah. Who I really like, Sam Neill. Mm-hmm. And he's really good. This is me talking about Sam Neill, but he was really good in that when it got to the point where he's sort of it's getting to him. Yeah. He's really good at playing those sort of unhinged people mm-hmm. who are struggling. It's really weird because his most famous re- re- performance is Jurassic Park, mm-hmm. where it's like, not totally, like that at all. He's, he's totally cool together. and calm. Yeah. yeah. Normally he's really good at playing these sort of just sort of unstable or got mentally unhinged or like suffering from like the stress. He's really yeah. good at those roles. And he was really good in those scenes yeah. in this one. Um, but she, the interesting thing about that film is that she, cause that, that case is quite controversial because mm-hmm. people say, did, did she, did the mother do it? Right. Basically yeah, of yeah. what it's about. And she never said her opinion on it. Right. Meryl Streep said she had her own opinions. Okay. On what the truth was. Yeah. But she never voiced them. laid into her performance. But she never said what she actually personally thought. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was interesting. I think that the mother didn't do it. Didn't do you? Mm. I think it was a genuine, like, series of unfortunate events, kind of like... I think that film leans into the... Yeah, I think how it um, plays out is that it leans into that the mother was innocent and that it was a genuine, like, dingo, Mm -hmm. like, attack. Um especially at the end where there's like more evidence is added and um well spoilers so yeah she there's uh yeah blah 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 yeah again convincing accent mm. yeah um so the most we don't really talk about tv on this we normally talk about films so if there's a famous tv role we won't really mention it mm. but i do just want to mention uh she was the voice of jessica lovejoy in the simpsons <laughs> Which we actually did watch. Yeah, of course. Any excuse to watch an old Simpsons episode. Um, she, yeah, in the episode Bart's Girlfriend. I didn't she, recognize her at all. I must say, for the first... I've, I've seen that episode so many times. Um, mm. I used to record all the Simpsons episodes on VHSs when I was a kid and rewatch them. Um, so I've seen that episode loads because that era was like when I was a kid. But um, I didn't know until I got older. Because mm. as a kid, I wouldn't even know who Meryl Streep was. Mm. Um, but yeah, when I got older, I noticed her in the credits... I was like, holy shit. Like, I didn't even notice when I was watching it. Yeah. You can't really tell it's her. Yeah. I guess maybe because she does have so many, she plays so many accents and stuff, actually, yeah, yeah. when she's playing herself. Well, it's not really like, playing herself. Well, she's playing a kid. When she, well, when she has her own, own voice, let's say, it's a lot, um, l- like, more rare occurrence. Yeah. You are bad, Bart Simpson. No, I'm not. I'm really... Yes, you are. You're bad. And I like it. I'm bad to the bone, honey. Let's go find some fun. But your father said... Oh, told the Rev. I was going to my room to say my prayers. Smart, beautiful, and a liar. But we're, we're not here to talk about Simpsons. We're here to talk about <laughs> the next film, The Bridges of Madison County. Oh, this was amazing. I love this film. Her performance in it is amazing. And alongside Clint, mm-hmm. it's just like the best combo. Um... I didn't know anything about this film before we watched it. No. I didn't even know it existed. No. And um It was the first one we watched. It was just incredible. Just on a whim, um we said, Okay, let's start the Mel Street films out. tonight and we just picked one at random. Mm-hmm. Didn't I didn't even know Clint Eastwood was in it, didn't know he directed it, didn't know anything yeah. about it. We just picked it at random, it was the first one and yeah, I, I thought it was really good as well. Yeah. It's um just the the emotion of kind of I guess falling for somebody um, just almost instantaneously, mm-hmm. they really got that spot on. Yeah, and they captured the guilt that it made her feel as well. Yeah, but also like the magic between the two characters and the honesty. 
because yeah. a lot of that film takes place in the present mm-hmm. after she's died and her she and she's telling her kids about this event what her past yeah. what happened in her past and you know don't feel anger mm-hmm. towards this other guy yeah that was that was around that was in my life yeah, yeah. for like a few days yeah it was literally across four days yeah and uh, you the, the film 1960s. just runs across those four days yeah. in a in a a slow way but completely mm. engrossing yeah you're just watching Events two unfold. people's emotions yeah basically and uh, yeah it's really incredible I loved it it was heart-wrenching I thought mm. and the scene um when the family come home mm-hmm. and she's on the porch yeah I thought that scene was so amazing yeah I thought her performance in that scene I think might be my favorite performance of her Ever. In any film. Yeah. Because it's so subtle. She doesn't say anything. Yes. She's on the porch watching the car pull up. Yeah. Knowing the choice that she's made. Yes. To stay. And she's... The the facial expression changes so much. All those feelings. Yeah. And then the... You really empathise with her. Yeah. And then the, like, sort of putting on the front of like hey great like to, to her Welcome family home. Yeah. Nothing's happened. Oh, tell I've, me all about it i've been sat here all on my own yeah. for like four days i thought that scene was so so good yeah so good but it's like an unexpected romance as well she is like her family go away for like a few days and this guy just turns up on her doorstep and yeah events unfold and it's just like amazing yeah I loved it. And I don't know a lot of these films I'm going to say to listeners, like these are based on like what we think of these films. These are our opinions. We might praise on something that you think is an absolute stinker. And I don't yeah. really know what the general consensus is of these films. Mm. So Bridges of Madison County may be a notorious like cheese fest. People might think it's cheesy romance film. For no, me, it really worked. Me, yeah. It really hit. It really worked. I thought it was great. Yeah. Um, so definitely I'd recommend... Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. We've got a couple in a row now, which I think don't. I don't really need to talk about that much about. There's one true thing, mm. which was the Cancer Mom film. Yeah. Um, that was really interesting. Like, I did... I did like watching that. Um, she was great in it. Her, the relationship between her and her husband was really interesting and the fact that her daughter... Um, just I'm just trying to remember the film because um, it didn't... It was, they didn't do a lot for me. Yeah, so Rennie Zellweger basically had to put a stop on her career and come back and like look yeah. after her mum and her d- dad was like too proud to kind of stop his... He was a, um, a tutor. Yeah. I just school. found it a little bit... Um, trying to pull at your heartstrings like you can't right. do a film about someone dying of cancer without it being like oh we're pulling at your heartstrings time now mm. so yeah um so there's that and then music of the heart which is about her the violin teacher yeah i like again that. it's just a schmaltzy feel-good movie they're, they're like the opposite of each other you've got one true thing which is the you know pulling at your heartstrings sad movie yeah and then you've got music of the heart the pulling at the heartstrings joyful movie yeah so you've got the Mm. and i can feel the cynicism in them sometimes yeah. maybe if it's there of like oh you're trying to make me cry with this film of sadness and the next one you're trying to make me cry because it's all like such a good underdog mm-hmm. feel good story I'll, I'll tell you something about her dedication though mm-hmm. for music of the heart she learned violin oh my god is there nothing <laughs> meryl can't learn <laughs> so uh, she's a violin tutor basically it's helping like um you know a poor area in a city home. yeah she finds mm. herself become a single mum all of a sudden and she's a violin tutor and yeah she she helps out an underprivileged school and basically helps them learn violin learn, helps them be creative and stuff mm. so. and they end up playing in um carnegie hall don't they mm-hmm. yeah yeah which we'll come to again later mm. um so there's that yeah music of the heart adaptation oh yeah this we're, film... we're a bit of different on this oh man i love this film it wasn't for me i love it it's so weird yeah, meryl's it... not in it um Again, she's like the focus of the film. She has a massive like yeah. presence in it, but actually her screen time is not a great deal. Her and Chris Cooper, again, we talked about her and Chris Cooper in a, uh, August Assage County. Mm-hmm. Um, they're really good together. Like the, the, the pairings are really good. Mm-hmm. He's, a, he's a really underrated actor, I think. He's done some really good roles. Mm. I think he won an Oscar for actually his role in adaptation. Yeah. Th- um, this film's really all about Nick Cage. Yes, he plays twins in it. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, when I think about it, it just it's just such a crazy film. I love adaptation. I would say go watch it um without any knowledge. I would say the first time I watched it, I didn't love it. Right. And I, it's it, a it sort up. of when uh, it's 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 really obvious in what it's trying to do, but in some ways it's quite subtle. There's more to it than you think in the comments it's making. Mm. So the first time I watched it, I it, I didn't sort of grasp all of the mess the stuff it's saying maybe i need second to time i loved watch. it third time i really loved it and that was when mm. we watched it and by the end of it you were just like unimpressed that's the first time i'd seen it yeah though, so potentially it deserves another watch yeah um 
everything is intentional in that film. Mm. Is what I'll say. Everything is intentional. And um, yeah, adaptation. Meryl Streep actually said about adaptation mm. that it was the best, when she took on the role, she said it's the best screenplay I've ever read. Wow. It is like, like very well done. Yeah. It just wasn't for me. Yep. Um, Fair enough. Next one I want to talk about is the hours. So this is did, you did like this one. Yeah, she did this uh, the same year as adaptation, and um, this is the first time I'd seen it, and I had absolutely no idea Nicole Kidman was in it pretty much most <laughs> of the film because her performance is like incredible, and it just doesn't look she plays, like her at all. Yeah, we'll save that for the uh, Nicole Kidman cast. Yeah, which I oh definitely do. Nicole Kidman's one of my favorite actresses. I think she's. Great underrated actress. But it revol- the whole film revolves around um, the novel Miss Dalloway. Um, and you sort of like follow like three women's um, kind of experiences with the book. And it's, yeah, yeah, it's a bit of a... Including Nicole Kidman as Virginia Woolf. Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, but I, actually in that film, I did like that film-ish. I'm a bit like adaptation with you. Like it's quite conceptual like adaptation. Mm. It's weird that she did them back to back because they're yeah. both very conceptual. Yes. And adaptation really hit me and you were a bit lukewarm on it and the hours really hit you yeah. and I was a bit lukewarm on it. Right, yeah. Um, even though I loved the cast of the hours. Yeah. Because um, it's, is it, uh, is it Julianne Moore? Yes. Yeah, Julianne Moore and Meryl Streep and Nicole, Nicole Kidman, Kidman are the three leads. Mm-hmm. And um, I, actually, I actually found the Meryl Streep section the least interesting though of the three. Right, okay. So. Yeah, it was really definitely worth a watch. It's interesting. I've not read Miss Dalloway, but it kind of makes me want to. Um, so we'll go over a few now. Like she was in um, a series of unfortunate events. Mm-hmm. You know that's fun. She just gets to do silly voices and characters and stuff again, mm. which is always fun. Um, we we skipped over one earlier, but we did watch Defending Your Life, which is a bit of yeah. uh, underrated, sort of forgotten film. But um, I, I thought it was quite fun. But she didn't really have a prominent role in it. No. Um, but it's a good concept. Yeah, it's the like, concept was really interesting. When you die, you sort of go into judgment like sitting. Like a retrospective of your life. Yeah, you like get the judged. The events. You get judged on your deeds that you did in life mm. and whether you're worthy to go on mm-hmm. where you go in the afterlife. To the next wherever. stage. Yeah. And they thought she sort of falls in love with somebody in limbo. Yeah, I say, it reminded me a little bit of the sort of, I always call them like magical comedies. Right. Stuff like Big and mm-hmm. Groundhog Day. Yeah. Where it's like a sort of comedy film, but there's some sort of magic involved. And I think there's not enough of those. I really like those liar, liar. Yeah. <laughs> These are of... sort of films that I actually really enjoy, but they mm. are quite silly. Yeah. Um, there's that. Devil Wears Prada we talked about already. Yeah. Uh, I've seen Mancurian Candidate. I don't think you've watched that. No, I've It's not. all right. I haven't really got much to say about it. It's a, it's a remake. It's um, Denzel Washington, isn't it? I might have seen it, you know. Yeah, so uh, Mancurian Candidate, I haven't really got a lot to say. It's the, the remake with uh, Denzel Washington. She's mm-hmm. in that. Mm. The next one worth mentioning is probably... Um, Mamma Mia. Mamma Mia, which we didn't watch. No. I'm not a fan of musicals. No. I'm not a fan of musicals. I'm not a fan of ABBA. Yeah. And I have seen Mamma Mia. Have you? And surprise, surprise, I didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but she's so well known for it. Like that film is 
everyone knows that film. She's like synonymous with Whether it. you like it or not. Mm. Yes. Uh, but I haven't got anything to say about it. Yeah. And then she did Doubt, which we Same year, about. yeah. Same dude, yeah. she did Doubt. So there couldn't be any more different. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, we get to Julia and Julia, which um, sort of dips in and out of her top four yeah. fairly regularly. So the known four... The four, the four, the known four that comes up on IMDb seems to fluctuate between five films, and they, yeah. they dip in and out. So it's the four we mentioned, and Julia and Julia is the one that always mm-hmm. comes in and out. Which they filmed in two thousand nine again with uh, Amy Adams. Yeah, they did two films back to back. Yeah, but then they don't actually share any scenes in Julia and Julia. No, yeah. So it's about um, basically um, she plays uh, Julia Child, another like. I guess sort of biography. Julia Child did exist. It is, no, yeah. it's a real. It's based on a book. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, the, it's based on the cookbook she, that she created. It's based on the book that the that Amy Adams' character wrote in the film. Right. That book is biograph. It's biographical about Amy Adams' character. Right. Yeah. So I think the the um, Julia Child stuff is more of a projection of Amy Adams' ideas based on letters that she read about okay, her. Okay, yeah. Not Amy Adams, but the character, character that Amy yeah. Adams plays, yeah. Uh, so the film is based on the book that Amy Adams' yeah. character writes in the film. And I loved it. Again, another one where she's like massively influential throughout the whole film, but not actually on screen for a terribly long amount, like, she plays like I, I. Her character really was funny in it. Like, did make me laugh. I know mm. it's placed on a real person, but she was like really big, larger than life. She's like she was on like lifts because she had to be really tall. Yeah, she was like, and she's um, paired with Stanley Tucci again. Mm-hmm. They were they were Prada together. Yeah, and they they sort of both play like a fun couple. Yeah, um, but I love that 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 their relationship and the portrayal of that is sort of the projection of Amy Adams. Yeah, like, that's what character. I was saying to you. I don't know if it's what it was like or if it's just a projection of mm. that, that person but she's like big larger than life quite like quite clumsy and mm. quite a funny character i found her quite funny in that film yeah yeah and her life seems quite like fantastical yeah um, the way they like move Europe around and, stuff, yeah. and she just like learns to cook and then she creates this cookbook and teaches the entire of america how to like cook these cook french yeah cook french um and then the well, the story follows um Amy Adams' character, Julie Powell, she cooks like, well, it's the, what, one dish every day, isn't it? I think from the entire Well, she cookbook. says in a year she's going to cook the entire cookbook. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. So, so I think it's actually more than one dish a day. More than one dish a yeah, day. because it's like, I'm going to do the whole cookbook in and a And in 2002, she um, blogs about it online and it sort of gains like notoriety mm. um, and the whole thing sort of snowballs and she ends up, yeah, turning the blog into a book. Yeah, so it's a real thing that this woman... She mm. she cooked all the thing, all the dishes, and blogged about it, and became a really popular blog. Yeah, and then she was offered a book deal, mm-hmm. and she wrote the book, mm-hmm. and then they made that book into a film. So this is yeah. the film of the book of the mm-hmm. blog, yeah, of the cookbook, yeah. So it's loads of levels to it, but it's not. It's just a fun, light-hearted film. It's just mm-hmm. fun, easy watching film, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's really, it's really good. I loved it. I was so hoping that. Uh... Well, for something a little more advanced, Madame Brassard. But you are not an advanced cook. But I do know how to boil an egg. Uh, voice work next. Are you on about Fantastic Mr. Fox? Yeah, I know you like this film a lot. Yeah, it's um, Miss Fox. Yeah. Mrs. Fox, yeah, she's... Um, that film's brilliant. Is that what you have to say? It's <laughs> yeah. brilliant. It is brilliant. Like, um, I feel for a film that I really love, I haven't got a lot to say. Yeah, I'm just it's like, just it's so, so good. good. 
but then I haven't got like, too much to say about her performance. Like everyone's very charismatic in that film. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and she works well alongside like, Clooney in that mm. film. And, but yeah. Fantastic Mr. Fox. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. It's so good. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. Actually, you know, some people don't like it. They consider it sort of like the oh, really? the black sheep of the Wes Anderson catalogue. Oh, wow. Yeah. For, for me, it really works. I love it. Yeah, I love I really the storyline as yeah. well. Um, I'm going to skip forward to her second, uh, third, sorry, third and final Oscar, second for a lead role mm. in a film that I didn't really like very much. Really? Iron Lady? Yeah. Mm. She was really compelling in it, I thought. And she again, plays like an obviously uh, Margaret Thatcher, English um, prime minister. She was good. I don't like Margaret Thatcher. I thought the way they did the film was a bit odd because mm. it's her reflecting on her life as an old lady. Yeah. She's alongside Jim Broadbent, who I love, really mm. love Jim Broadbent. And uh, her daughter is played by Olivia Coleman, who I also love. So the cast is great. Yeah, but her, um, so she sort of, does she, is it dementia or? Yeah, it's there just about, like, the, it's like about a, her like final days, really. Yeah, there's, she ha- she talks to her sort of deceased husband. Oh, yeah, that's it, yeah. Um. So, yeah, Jim Broadbent plays her husband, but he's, he's passed away, yeah. Um. And she's sort of reflecting with him um, about events. I don't think it's a very like beloved film. It hasn't got great reviews. Mm. And I didn't really like it as a film. I think it could have, like, I think it could have been better. Like, I wish. I just think they should have done a straight up. If they're going to do a Margaret Thatcher biography, Hmm. just do it as a straight up biography. I think the whole making it a flashback and the end of her life. Retrospective, yeah. I guess she's not a very sympathetic character, Margaret Thatcher, to a lot of people. Yeah. So they're trying to bring some sympathy into it. Humanize it a little bit. But um, it didn't really work for me. Hmm. But yeah, that was what she won her Oscar for. Yeah, it's, it, um, if you don't know much about um, Margaret Thatcher, it's quite interesting. I think she's done, like she was good in it, but I think she's done such better roles that would be more deserving mm. of a win. But, you know, yeah. whatever. And then we've talked about August Sarge County. Yeah. Um, and then we're coming on to, it's another musical, and we haven't really got a lot to say because it's the only Oscar-nominated performance that we didn't watch. Into the Woods. Into the Woods. We didn't, it's supporting actress. Yeah. And it's a musical, which we're not big on. And, and it's, it's got, got like James Corden yeah. in it, which I'm not a big fan of. And we just, we watched the trailer and thought, we can skip this one. Yeah, I don't think she's, I don't know, I haven't seen it, so I don't think she's like a massively prominent role. Well, I knew it wouldn't be something that I would enjoy. Yeah. I knew it's not ever going to end up in my top four. I know it's not going to be something I should be, I think should be in her known fours. Yeah. I just, it just, we didn't need to watch it. Yeah, so um, we didn't. We watched... Um, Florence Foster Jenkins instead. <laughs> which is the next one. But she was nominated for that. Yeah. Um, which was fun. Yeah. Again, Carnegie Hall pops back up. Yeah, that's like what I was going to say about it. It's her second time at um, Carnegie Hall. Really weird. Um, yeah, this New York heiress. Um, everybody sort of falls at her feet and um, just makes things happen for her. She plays um, alongside Hugh Grant, who's basically her doting partner. Yeah. I thought he was good in it. He was yeah. quite fun. Um, and he just makes her world sort of revolve. Everything yeah. revolves around her. Yeah. Because um, she does so much for the arts and stuff. Yeah. And then she wants to um, sing on stage, but she's... She's so bad. Absolutely terrible. And he sort of... He doesn't rig the perform- like the um, audience, but he kind of... He just pers- massages them. them. Yeah. yeah. He's just like, we. this woman does so much, just like, let's give her a nice life. Yeah. 
Well, not only is it the second film that she performs at Carnegie Hall in, mm. it's the second film which her the, her character contracts syphilis. Oh, wow. Um, which she also did in Out Africa. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, a big chunk of that film like, is her being recovering. sick and recovering yeah. from that. Um, so this is, yeah, um, she's ill. And so they want her to have a nice life because of how mm-hmm. much she's done. And she's this terrible singer. So you've got like a film of mm-hmm. comically listening to Meryl Streep sing awfully. Yeah. But it's... Got heart and it's. Um... I enjoyed it way more than I thought I was going to. Is it biography? Yeah, it's real. Yeah, it's a true story. Oh wow. Yeah. Yes, it is. I remember seeing like the pictures at the yeah, end yeah. of the film, and they played the real song recordings at the end as well. Yeah. 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 And they were bad. <laughs> <laughs> but in a in a good way, like it was for a good cause, and um, yeah, like we said, she made a lot happen for um, in that era um, for the arts. So let her sing. <laughs> Before we move on to the next one, um, there was something interesting I actually wanted to say about the Iron Lady. Right. So it's not her highest paying role. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't turn my nose up at it. She got a million dollars for the yeah. role, but she didn't take any of it. Okay. So she made a million dollars in earnings and the whole lot was donated to the uh, Women's History Museum. Wow. Amazing. Because I guess she's playing an important character in the history of like... Women's history, yeah. First female prime minister, so it's like a big historical moment for like women Mm -hmm. in general, I guess. So she donated her entire earnings to the Women's History Museum for Mm. a million dollars. Interesting. what can't you do? (laughs) She learns languages, learns instruments, donates all her cash. Performs at Carnegie Hall. Incredible. Uh, and then finally, the last one we'll talk about um, is The Post, mm. which we talked a little bit about on the Tom Hanks one. She, Yeah, she's, she plays alongside um, yeah Tom Hanks. Um, Another biography. Yeah, which I loved. I loved this film. It's about The Post that there's in the newspaper, The Post. Yes, yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, a bit of a conspiracy sort of going on. Yeah, you got Vietnam secrets and stuff going mm-hmm. on amongst it and the, the revelations a, of them. Like a historical conspiracy kind of All the scenes thing. where they're like all sort of holed up at her house yeah. and going through all the documents and yeah. stuff, they're really good. Mm-hmm. And she's got like that team there. Yeah. They're really good. Yes. And it's sort of what the government let slip and yeah. kind of the it's, relationship. It's the pre-Watergate stuff because mm. that film sort of... It sneaks ends. in stuff yeah. with Watergate towards the end, which, like I said, when we talk about the Tom Hanks mm-hmm. podcast, I just want to watch that next one. Now. Yeah, I, would I, love to, I would love Spielberg to do like the Watergate movie. Do like a sequel. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, it was really cool. I loved it. And like, yeah, historical biograph- biographical um, stuff is right up my street. So right on my street. Right up your street. <laughs> that sounds so wrong. <laughs> up your street. Oh, God. So, uh, and since then, she's done Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again. I didn't watch that, surprisingly. No. Mary Poppins Returns. I'm not really a big fan of the first Mary Poppins, so I didn't watch that. Mm-hmm. Um, she's in the TV series Big Little Lies, which is really popular right now, but I mm-hmm. don't really watch any TV. 
And then um, there's a couple and, coming out, sort of. Yeah. Well, she's in Little Women. They're doing that film adaptation of Little Women, which has oh, yeah. a really good cast. It's directed by Greta Gerwig. Yes, I really want to um, see this. So I'm, I don't know. From the trailer, I'm not sure if it's for me, but mm-hmm. I loved uh, Lady Bird. Yeah. Um, by Greta Gerwig. So I'd, I would, and the cast looks really good, so mm-hmm. I'll probably check it out anyway. Yeah. But yeah. It's um, something I think I'd enjoy. So I think that's everything that we've watched. I mm. mean... It's a lot of films. Yeah. I mean, um, if you're listening, if we missed something that you loved, just let us know. Yeah, what did we miss? Mm. Um, the only other one that I've watched that we didn't talk about was AI, but she's just as a voice in that. Mm. It's just a small role as a voice. So, so that's the end of the filmography. Um, let's have a look at our favourites and yeah. what, what we think she should be known for. So should we take a minute to sort of sit and work out because we don't do this beforehand we sort of use the podcast and running through the filmography to refresh the films in our head as well mm. and um I so think, do you want to take a minute to sort of work out your your favorites yeah i think um i've sort of been making a few notes and i think i'm good to go oh really i've just got to do mine just give me a few moments my top three were really easy and then my number four is like between two it's tough for me yeah i think i've got it so, what were your? Well, you go first. What your? What did you think? What your personal faves? Your top four? Right. Of the ones we watched. In no particular order. Yeah, no particular order. So my uh, Meryl Streep favourites, um, Out of Africa, mm-hmm. which I loved, um, August of Sarge County, and um, The Post, and um, Bridges of Madison County. They're your top four. Yeah, they're my top four. I love those. What's interesting about that and what's interesting about the known fours on IMDb mm-hmm. is that it's none of her Oscar-winning films. It's none mm. of her Oscar-winning performances. Yeah. Is there any that were like up there for you? I'll tell you what, I'll do my top four as well and then we'll discuss if there's any, any close. So um, I'm just looking if we've got any that are the same. <laughs> uh, Bridges of Madison County is also in mine. Okay. And your faves. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sophie's Choice. Right. Was in mine. Doubt. Mm-hmm. Was in mine. And then, um, uh, see, this is where it was tough for me. I've got sort of a joint fourth. Right. It was between Adaptation mm-hmm. and The Post. Okay. I think for me, personally, as a film I like, I would give it Adaptation. Mm-hmm. So, but I did, it was really close. I did really like The Post as well. Mm. Um, is there any that are sort of like up there for you that's sort of skirted around away yeah, from being Yeah, definitely like sort of Sophie's Choice. Mm-hmm. But I'll come to that in a moment. Um, yeah, I think they're like her... Um, you know, biggest performances. Um, I did really like Julie and Julia as well. It was like an easy watching film. Yeah. Um, and Fantastic Mr. Fox, I love mm. anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, I love like puppetry and stuff. So yeah. that film is, is fantastic yeah. as a personal choice, but I wouldn't say it's like the best of Meryl Streep. Yeah, yeah. So that aside, what do we think her known fours should be? If, you're, if you've if you got to give four films, right. you should. these are the films that she should be known for. Mm-hmm. Personal so my, choices aside. My Meryl Streep known fours are Out of Africa, August of County, uh, Julia and Julia, and Sophie's Choice. I think that should be in there because it's amazing. I think Sophie's Choice definitely is. Mm. It's her big, I would say it's her one most her biggest... respectable Oscar winning performance yeah. and one of the best performances that mm. she's done. So Sophie's Choice definitely. Mm-hmm. What was your? I'm oh, sorry, the others. You sort of scrolled over them. Julie and Julia. You think Which, Julie and Julia should be in the top yeah, four? Yeah, it um, dips in and out, but I think she's really great in it. Right. Um, August Sarge County, which is already in there. Right. And out for Africa, 
which is already in there as well. Well, this is really different to what I think the top four should be. Oh, wow. (laughs) So I have also got Sophie's Choice. So that's in there. Yeah. That's in there, number one. Right. I've got Bridges, Madison County. Really? Yeah. Okay. Just because I said I think her performance is so good and subtle Mm. in that film. Um, I would, even though it's not my favourite, she's so famous for it, Mm. I was almost considering Mamma Mia. (laughs) But we can veto that if you don't think... And also I was considering leaving Devil Wears Prada because it's such a famous film of hers. Right, yeah. Um, mm. And personally, I just think Doubt is so good. Mm-hmm. But then I don't think you need Doubt and Devil Wears Prada because you've got these dragon characters. Right. So you've got one or the other, I think, mm-hmm. of those should mm-hmm. be in there. Yeah. Doubt then, because we can take Devil Wears Prada out. Right. Bridges of Madison County. That wasn't in your... You didn't put But it was in yours though. and it was in my favourites. It was in both of our favourites, so at least I, we should have it in for that. I think The Post as well. You think The Post? Mm. Or August, Sarge County. I would say Post over August. Okay, yeah. So you were willing to drop out of Africa? Yeah. What about Julie and Julia? Because I think it's it'd be good to have something that's a bit more light-hearted. Which performance is she better in? Post. Oh, The Post. Mm. Oh, the Post. That's what we're saying, isn't it? This is a really tough one mm. to do like a, an overarching known for. Like this is what this, this person should be known for because it's like, do you want to have the lighthearted films in mm-hmm. to give a real overview or do you also want her best performances? Yeah. This is a really tough one to come up with a known for because they're so varied. Yeah. So what have we gone for? I think we're both agreed on that we'd like Sophie's Choice and Bridges of Madison County in there. Yeah. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Um, and then for something where she's a scary villainous character, Devil Wears Prada is always up there. Mm-hmm. I would say switch have it. doubt. Yeah, switch it. Mm-hmm. it I, I think it's a better film. And I think I just found the character more compelling and more mm-hmm. three-dimensional Yeah, in doubt. And then this is where we're, we're sort of a loggerheads a little bit because we're thinking, do you want to represent something that we just think is a very well-made, good performance? It's a biography. It's what she's good at. Mm-hmm. In which case we're going for the post. Mm-hmm. Or do we want something that's... Uh, light-hearted and watchable and represents that side of her career mm-hmm. in which case we're going for julie and julia yeah i think the post she's in it more i think the post because um it's just a, a better performance from her okay there we go then sophie's choice mm. doubt bridges of madison county and the post they're all quite serious films mm. but that's kind of what she does best not saying there isn't good films of hers but she's uh fun in like we said Julie and Julia is really fun. Mm-hmm. Fantastic Mr. Fox is so fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, Florence Foster Jenkins is fun. Yeah. So it was a really good one to do. Let us know what your top fours are. Let us know what you think. Mm-hmm. And you can do that at knownforpod at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. We love hearing your suggestions and uh, your personal top fours. It was really mm-hmm. interesting to see what people thought of the Tom Hanks ones. And let us know if you find, um, if you watch one of our suggestions and if it sort of, you know, what's I going to say? Yeah, if you, if you want, want something you want... based on our suggestion, let us know what you thought and if yeah. we were fair on it or not. Or yeah. if we're not fair, let us know, like, put up defence for something that we didn't like so much. Mm. Um, so, like we say, every actor or actress that we cover, we watch all the, anything they've been nominated for, maybe, like, notorious roles, first roles, anything that's interesting. We haven't got time to watch everything. So we all also really appreciate suggestions and recommendations for upcoming episodes. So we announced on the last episode that Becca had made the next two choices. The next episode is going to be Sam Rockwell. Mm-hmm. Um, we're coming up to the end of watching through the films we're going to cover for him, but you might be able to squeeze one in. So if you suggest really quickly uh, something that you think we should watch, let us know. Mm. Uh, after that, we have Kate Blanchett. Mm-hmm. And we have 
so many films to watch for Kate Blanchett because she's in a lot of films. And when we looked yeah. through the filmography, we were just like, yeah, I want to watch that, want to watch that, want to watch she's that, so want to watch that. Um, so that's a biggie. Mm-hmm. And we always like to give three in advance so you have time to suggest. So for the month after that, it's my choices. Mm. And uh, so my actor choice for that month is Lawrence Fishburne. Oh, okay. Cool. So it's really interesting um, that uh, I, I sort of had him in mind anyway. Mm-hmm. And I wanted some, to be honest, I wanted a bit of a break after Cape Blanchard because I've seen a lot of his films. Okay. So um, I was like, okay, that'll give us a bit of a breather. Yeah. Amazing. So we're doing Lawrence Fishburne, and this week they actually announced that they're working on Matrix 4. Yeah. And obviously his most famous, I would say his most famous role is, is Morpheus. Yeah. So um, it's interesting that Matrix is back in the news again. But yeah, so we're doing Excited Lawrence Fishburne. For that. Yeah. So that'd be a cool. good, good, interesting choice. You happy with that one? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So if you have suggestions for Lawrence Fishburne or Kate Blanchett, and if you're really quick, Sam Rockwell, mm. let us know what you would recommend that we watch for those. Any uh, sort of ones that might have flown under the radar, which you think are mm-hmm. worth a watch, and we'll try and get around to them. Yeah. If you, um, over on Bob's Patreon, we did our first uh, four and one more as well, all about Pixar films. Yep. Um, if you subscribe to the Patreon, you get loads of extra content for not only this podcast, but a couple of others. That, um, yeah, I, I also in. host uh, the Folklore Podcast, 5-Minute Folklore, which is relaunching soon. And I co-host um, the sort of weird, strange, paranormal podcast, Weird Tales and the Unexplainable. And uh, if you go to patreon.com slash bobshoy, that's B-O-B-S-H-O-Y, uh, you get four bonus podcasts a month if you support me at the $5 level. Mm-hmm. A spin-off of this, Becca mentioned Forum One More, where we pick a topic every month. Normally on a poll, you can vote for what we do mm. if you're a patron as well. And uh, last month we did Pixar. We talked our top four Pixar films and one honourable mention. Mm. Um, and that, they're, they're chosen by polls of yeah. what topic we're going to cover. So you get that. You also get there's two spin-off shows to Weird Tales. Mm-hmm. There's an extra five-minute folklore episode. And if, you're, if you donate at any level, uh, you can support for as little as $1 a month. That helps to keep this show going as well as my other shows as well. Mm. So support is really appreciated. Um, yeah, yeah, cool. Which, uh, what's our next forum or more? I don't know. The poll's going to be going up in a few days, so I can't announce that yet. Okay, exciting. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, so thanks for listening, and I uh, hope you like this one. We'll be uh, chatting about um, Sam Rockwell next. So yeah, we already started then. watching for his films, enjoying them. Yeah. Oh, actually, while we're on here, we should look up what are his top four currently, so we can sort of get that in our head. So Sam Rockwell's current top four mm. um, on the Gnome Fours on IMDb are Moon, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, Seven Psychopaths, and Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. I've actually seen all four of those films. So they're his Gnome Fours. Uh, are we going to agree with those after we've watched a few more of his films, um, or are we going to have a few changes? Who knows? I'll say I do actually really like all four of those films, but who knows what other ones I'll watch. I've not I'll seen like all more. of them yet. So uh, You haven't that... seen Seven Psychopaths? No. Yeah. We'll be watching watching those and um, chatting about them next time. Yeah, yeah. So uh, join us next time for Sam Rockwell in two weeks. Uh, Thanks for listening. Thanks. Bye. Bye, 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 bye. But I do know how to boil an egg. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.